song never less than lonely by my next guest lewisitanian ghosts and uh, we are traveling all the way to portugal to talk with neil layton singer songwriter co-founder of the band uh, i'm gonna get him on the horn in just a moment but we are gonna hear another song from the album Exotic Keyshotic, which drops later on in the month. I'm gonna have links to uh the Spotify and of course all the social media on entertheshell.com because they're gonna be uh doing a bunch of little previews. Plus we're gonna have some um great conversation about uh, wine and coffee. Not only that, but you're going to get a chance to actually see them as they are playing November 2nd on YouTube. And for more information, log on to LewisitanianGhosts.com for more information. But as promised, here is going to be another cut from the album Exotic Keyshotic, this is Soul Geranium, and when we come back, we are going to be talking with Neil Layton right here on What the Music. 
excited um, as uh, I get to talk to very cool musicians from all over the globe. Uh, this one is one of the ones that I've been anticipating for a while as we've been in uh, kind of uh, a bit of correspondence uh, to get to this point. Uh, but that's what makes it kind of cool. And uh, we are playing a few cuts from the album that will debut later on this month. So I'm really excited that we get to kind of preview some of those cuts from Exotic, Quixotic, uh, right here on What the Music. And, of course, I'm here with Neil, uh, singer-songwriter and, of course, co-founder of the band Lusitanian Ghosts. And um, I, I found it funny, though, you know, before we get into everything, w- that you consider yourself a recluse. I do, you know, because I um, I basically took, like, 10 years, I was, I was touring in Europe a lot with my solo project as Neil Layton like 15, 20 years ago. And then I kind of came back to, to my home country of Portugal. Um, and I was pretty burned out. So I, you know, my plan was to sort of just like sit by the seaside and recharge my batteries. And the next thing you know, 10 years have passed. And, and I'm, you know, Lusitanian Ghost is sort of like, 
um, it, it's really not picking up on where I left off as a songwriter because it was really a long hiatus and I'm sort of a different person these days. So it's, it's, um, I guess I've just gone back to the roots, as you say, you know, but, but I, but Portugal feels really remote and I don't really, you know, I, I get up in the morning, you know, I, I go to the office. I, you know, I work, um, in music as a music publisher and, you know, I do all that stuff, but I, I don't really go out much. So I am, I am a recluse pretty much. <laughs> you know, it's weird. And a work, and a workaholic. And, and you know what? Th- those two things are, are kind of perfect for a singer, songwriter, uh, such as yourself, you know? But when you are that kind of recluse though, like, how do you take from experiences? Cause like part of being a songwriter is going out, experiencing it, and then writing about it. What happens yeah. w- w- when you're just more sheltered? Does that kind of hone in your skills on your inner self? Oh no, you know, I have no skills per, to hone per se, but you know, you know what it is? Cause I couldn't just pick up the guitar and write a rock and roll song as though I was, you know, still living in London or Toronto uh, or, or Stockholm. Um, because I wasn't, I was like in this sort of remote, uh, you know, I call it the Shire cause it's sort of like a, a, a remote peaceful land where, you know, not much happens. There's a couple of corrupt politicians here and there, but, but it's like, it, it, it was really hard to write. Because what was I going to write about? Like Portuguese politics? That's not really very interesting on a global level. And and so it took me like it took those ten years away from 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 it all to sort of go. Wait a minute. No, there's like these really interesting folk instruments, the the cordophones, um, and there's stuff that I can write about from a Portuguese person playing rock and roll, thinking about. Portuguese history and, and sort of, you know, how we were very responsible for the slave trade. And, and we've, you know, as a country, we've never really apologized for it or come to any sort of reckoning, uh, you know, the way, for example, Germany did after World War II. Like, you know, Portugal's never done that. There's, there's been no historical reparations of any sort. And I think, you know, so, so that sort of triggered finding these ancient instruments that were almost going extinct in the 20th century. That's where it sort of made sense to write again because it didn't make. That's why you know it was close to 10 years that I didn't write a song because it just didn't didn't feel right. There's a Dylan documentary from '66 where somebody's like, "Oh, you know, there's a new singer in town. He wants to meet you. His name's Donovan." And Dylan's like, "Oh yeah." Well, what's he got to say then? And and that's the thing that sort of stuck with me. It's like, okay, well, if you don't have anything to say, just don't write a song. The world doesn't need a song that doesn't have anything to say. You know, another song that doesn't have anything to say. So if you're going to write a song, you know, speak your truth and 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 make it loud, preferably, or don't if it's acoustic instruments. <laughs> you know, that that's so crazy because... Uh, I noticed that in this album, much like you went back to those old instruments, you actually went back to kind of pre-recording with recording analog for this yeah. album. Two questions, maybe even ten <laughs> on doing okay. that. Uh, one, you know, I get, I get recording analog, but dude, that is such a tedious, uh, process because it's not like how it is now where you could go back and fix something you no, know it's yeah, it's yeah. it's super pressure and it's money <laughs> i hadn't recorded on two inch tape since my 2003 album um midnight sun and midnight sun was done at Halla music in toronto and before that i recorded secret avenue at manta always on two inch tape and when we sort of started doing stuff on digital, you know, I, f- I fully subscribe Neil Young's perspective that digital technologies were adopted too early and, and the quality of digital technologies were not up to snuff when, when we started using like, you know, digital recording, you know, remember that tapes, they were like oh, yeah. eight bit, you know, really crappy stuff. And, 
and so it was it was kind of early and when when two inch tape studios be, became too expensive or or eventually shut down because the big multinational labels stopped paying their studio bills you know like my friend my friend in new york basie bob brockman you know his studio went bankrupt cuz cuz the, the the labels just stopped paying they owed him like you know hundreds of thousands and and so it's a privilege to find a studio like Clouds Hill in Hamburg which is sort of like um it really shouldn't it, it really feels like that sort of background that I'm looking at behind you because it, it it shouldn't exist anymore but it does and it does because Johann Scherer is a collector of analog gear and he keeps it all he maintains it all he invests and he's got a label and a publisher as well like me and he just he, he he basically really cares about his work as an as an engineer and those places are few and far between in today's world you know it's uh it's it's a, it's a privilege it was an honor and a privilege to record there did that inspire you to you know make sure that you were perfect do you do you enjoy no, perfection no not at all no not at all not at all I, I, going back to what you said earlier about you know not being able to edit and I mean, you know, you can punch in on analog to, to a degree, but I've, I've always, you know, all of my favorite records are records with mistakes on them. You know, I mean, whether it's like Bowie going like, uh, in Gene Genie where he's like, get back on there because somebody misses a beat or whatever, or like, you know, <clears throat> there's some new Elvis outtakes of, of them recording like, uh, I'm leaving and, you know, they're, you know, they're counting. Uh, and it's like, and they sort of like miss, miss the one. And, and she's like, I mean, you know, I think the best recordings are the ones where you kind of feel the, the human, um, the human element. And, and so to us at Clouds Hill, it was not about perfection at all. It was about just getting, getting a good take. I don't think we did any more than two or three takes per song. Uh, we didn't need wow. to. It, 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 it's not because it wasn't about perfection. It was just about. It's like, it's like taking a picture. It's like you know, are you going to take the perfect picture? Well, you might, but you're not going to know you're taking the perfect picture until later. You know, like, it's kind of like uh, songs are the same to me. You can take so many different pictures of the, of the same song, and you never know which one's going to be the perfect picture of that song. So, so it's it, it's about the studio, and if the studio helps you. Um, get inspired to sort of deliver a good take, then that's half the battle, I think. Is it true that there were no guitars that were used in this album? Because I can't, I can't fathom that. It, what song was it? I believe it was Soul Duranium. Soul Duranium, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I could have sworn that was guitar in the background, you know, no, as I'm listening the, you to know, it. On the, first, on the first record, right, what we did on the first record was we sort of set up a, a basic uh, three-piece rock and roll um, setup with, you know, drums, bass, and electric guitar. And then we we, we we overdubbed the chordophones to see how they would fit in. And that first experiment went so well that when we started doing promo for those records, we would go to radio stations with just the chordophones and play those same songs without the, the guitar. <clears throat> and and it worked. So for the second record, we went like, you know, why don't we just do this, uh, you know, bass, drums, and just the chordophones? And that's what we did. I mean, that you know, that's not to say that we can't like process the sound and put them through like uh, distortion and amps and stuff. We can, but it, but there's no six string guitars. Like it's all the viola amarantina, the viola braguesa, the viola campanisa. And what was it? The, uh, the Viola Terceira from the Azores Islands. And so all of them are from a different region in Portugal. You know, Portugal is a really small country, but you can drive like a hundred kilometers and, you know, people speak a little different. They have different types of foods and they have different musical instruments and traditions. So, so that's, you know, the, the, the Amarantina comes from up north in Amarante, Bragueza also from the city of Braga. Uh, the Beiroa is from Castelo Branco, Campanisa is from Alentejo, you know, so they all have their sort of different tunings, different numbers of strings, 
different voices and different traditions. So, uh, and yeah, you know, some people are like, ah, oh, you, you know, that's sort of like outrageous. You can't distort, you can't put a pickup in those, in those violas and distort them and put them through amps. That's not tradition. And I'm like, no, that's right. It's not tradition. It's sort of like keeping tradition alive through reinvention, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. But that, that, it's absolutely true. There are no electric guitars, no six string instruments on the new record. It, it, you could have fooled me because I'm like, there's no way. Cause I'm like, there, you know, like this sounds like this, this sounds like that. But, um, you know, I would take your word for it. I know you wouldn't lie to me. So, um, but, absolutely not. but, but it feels like you're lying to my ears. And, if that and, makes and sense. You know what? But you know what? You know what? We're, we're about to do, um, a live stream show from Setubal on November 2nd. Um, and I hope my voice holds because all the kids are sick from school and like it's, I hope I don't uh, come down with anything because right. I feel my throat going. But November 2nd, we're going to do this live stream to, to show to the world that, you know, what these little weird cordophone viola instruments look like and what they sound like. And so you can actually see it done live. Um, where we're going to be playing songs from both records. And even on the first record, no six-string guitars are going to be used anymore. We're, we've reworked all the arrangements to just have it be the chordophones. So that, that's going to be a lot of fun. And it's, um, do you think for more information, yeah. people can log on to uh, LithuanianGhosts.com for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going we're gonna to post soon the, um, the, the YouTube link uh, for, for our YouTube channel where we're going to do the live stream. That, that'll be on LithuanianGhosts.com for sure. Yeah. I, I can't wait. Um, I, I'll for sure log in and check that out because, you know, that's one of the things that I have to see. I'm like, how do you guys do this? You know, it's so really cool. I, I love the, the music and I, I love your new album that's out and later on in the month. And for more oh, information, yeah, I really dug it, which is why I had to get a hold of you. And, you know, like I tell every band, everybody goes through a process with me and, you know, sometimes I get it. Sometimes I don't get it, <laughs> you know, but when I do get it, I'm like, I gotta have you on. I gotta, I gotta talk. See what's, see what's. I really appreciate it, Turtle. I, I think it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's great to, to sort of talk about it and, and, you know, cause everybody knows the ukulele, right? The ukulele, it, it came from Portugal centuries ago. It, it's an instrument called the cavaquinho. First it went to Brazil and then it sort of made its way around the world to Hawaii. Um, but nobody knows these other violas, uh, you know, the, the, for some reason, I think because Fado music was so big here in the 20th century and it was sort of like propped up by the fascist regime because we were under a fascist regime until 1974. Um, so Fado music was sort of like when you thought about Portugal, you just thought about Fado music, nothing else. And, and I think because these folk instruments might have led people to singing protest songs or whatever, they were sort of shunned by the regime and people were sort of like, um, taught to sort of discard them as, as not really valuable instruments at all, you know? So it was either father or classical music, you know, and folk was sort of garbage to, to the media and, and to the government and stuff. So, so, Everything was very controlled up until 74. And then I think it's only been in the last 10 years or so that, that different artists have started playing these instruments again. We're not the first, you know, different, different artists like Gajo, who's one of our Campanisa players in the Ghosts, or Befeshada, who plays the Bergeza, you know, Omidi. There's a lot of artists now that are using these instruments again. I think what's a bit different about us is that, we're, you know, we're playing rock and roll with them and singing in English. You know, it's it's like, and even a, a lot of Portuguese people are going like, "What are you guys doing? We don't get it." You know, it's like you, I, you, you don't have to get it. At the end of the day, we're just sort of like celebrating the fact that we're writing songs on these instruments. You know, because if if it wasn't for the instruments, I probably would still be stuck in like. Um, what do you call it? Like my, my, my dry spell period of not, you know, writing rock and roll because right. I'm not in London or whatever, you know? So, so yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm right. I'm right. No, I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I love the history lesson and, and everything on these, 
fantastic instruments that you're using because you're absolutely right. And it's weird because I feel that the ukulele is like everybody thinks that's Hawaii. It must have come from the Hawaiians. But then you find out, oh, my God, it was, you know, Portuguese that, um, you know, had it, you know, I, I, absolutely Florida. I, I, I love it. I love finding out the history of uh, music. And, you know, it's funny when you, you hit a little bit when you said, you know, some instruments are just are just not meant to be instrumentized, you know. But I'm, I, you know, yeah. I I could think of you know when the kazoo was being vilified, you know, and I'm yeah, like, that's right, that's right, or the cowbell, <laughs> yeah, or the cowbell, you know. But it always takes somebody to champion that instrument, whether it be for one song or whatever, to make people rethink and reshape their thought on that instrument. So yeah, it's like. Fellas, fellas, I put my pants on one leg at a time, but you know, I play the quarterphones while I do it. It's like, Whoa. I don't know. Uh, but it's, 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 yeah, I mean, you know, it's, I, I think that's what, okay, I don't believe that something is, um, more valuable just because it is different or unique. But at the same time, and I remember from when I was touring heavily, like 15 years ago, when all the towns start to look the same and they have all the same high street shops and all the, all the same chain food, fast food restaurants and all the same big sort of, uh, whatever, like, uh, chains or it's commercialized then, essentially. Yeah. Like, you and know, it, and, and when, when, when globalization makes all the towns look the same, then touring becomes a lot more boring because you're like, you know, the whole thing about touring was that you'd be like, ah, oh, this is Stockholm. Wow. You know, like, or, you know, this is Milan. Okay. Or Paris or whatever. Like, and even the small towns, it was really great. Like I, I loved touring through like, um, small town, Austria, um, all the way down from like Finland to Slovenia because the places were different, you know? Um, and then they, there, there was, there was a, I forget, it must have been around like 2006 or 2007 when the landscape in Europe started noticeably shifting and becoming more homogenized and everything started looking the same. And I was like, you know, this is not good because then it's like, you can't, you can't really value this diversity that our planet has if everything looks the same, you know? And, and so again, I don't think that you know, just because we're playing rock and roll with these instruments makes us any better or any more interesting than anybody else. That's not what I'm saying. But it gave me personally um, uh, the the willpower and the urge to to write again and perform again. And hopefully, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> it might be. No. It might be a very bad thing. No, <laughs> it, it it can't be. If I have you on, you know what I mean. And well, and I reacted to your album, so um, clearly, you know, at least it's at least you got one person, me. You know what I mean. Ah, so it's so. sweet, awesome. <laughs> that's that's what counts. But you know, uh, speaking of awesome, I see that you're having, you know, over there. You know, there, there's like a huge. Like I want to say, eight hour difference between where uh, we live, me in the states, you out there in Portugal. It's, uh, it, we're at, right now, it's half past midnight. Right, and it's barely you know four o'clock over here, four half past four uh, right. here. But I notice that you're drinking some wine. Um, yeah, right, right there. Um, are, is that Portuguese wine or? Of course, of course. It's you know Portugal. It, it's it's not good for my. Um, alcoholic tendencies because it's um <laughs> i say that in all in all honesty because yeah. so so i go through periods of uh, you know having a, a bit of, of of a tough time struggling with it but um because the wine is really good and it's also really cheap here so i'm trying to sort of like drink the finer wines so that i drink less of them and <laughs> and it's working good um, so this this is a this is a bottle from alentejo it's a uh, by the name of Chico Garcia, which you were not able to find it in supermarkets before the pandemic. And now for some reason, I found it in the supermarket. So maybe again, it's becoming too commercial. I might have to drop it. No, I'm just joking. No. Uh, but it, anyway, it, yeah. it could be that the production was less from other wines and they needed to just 
find another yeah, outlet exactly, exactly, as well. Exactly, so, exactly. so absolutely, absolutely, things are really weird now with supply and stuff. Like we're, we're hearing about shortages of like, you know, dried codfish from Norway. Oh wow! Which you know, Portuguese people love dried codfish, the salted, like salted right. dried, and and we're hearing about these shortages um, because of supply chain problems. Um, you know, not enough container ships or whatever. So everything's a bit, we're living in weird times, you know, it's, uh, I worry about the kids. You know, I don't. And, and I'll tell okay, you good, why, good, good. because sometimes we need to go through things like this in order to think outside the box. How do we get this stuff here quicker? There might be an easier way. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like sometimes the old ways of doing things are old and they need You're to catch absolutely up. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. I never thought of it from that perspective and that's absolutely brilliant. Thank you for that. No worries. Wow. Just to let you know. I'm going gonna, gonna, to, well, hold on a second. I'm going to have to write a song about that and I'll have to credit you. Oh. You're far too kind. Far too kind. Yeah, but, but because that's a really good perspective to have. Wow. I've never looked at it from, from that perspective. Are you drinking coffee? No, no. Oh, earlier. So, you know, uh, for those that, you know, haven't been stalking any of us, we've been, we, we, we were doing an email to each other and you, and you said, Oh, you better be drinking Irish coffee. And I, by the way, and I said, I love Irish coffee. It's usually I have an Irish coffee Saturday. I save that for the weekend. <laughs> You know, because right, yeah, I'm, I'm, on my that's weekends, I, I kind of, I have time to play with. But, um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do Irish coffee today, <laughs> but I'm going to call it American coffee because I'm going to use American whiskey. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite American whiskeys uh, I'm drinking right now, which is a little bar right by where I live. They have their own whiskey uh, nice. th- that they make, and it's absolutely fantastic. So I, I went to my, and this, and when you were talking about the commercialization of like things, it really brought it back to where I go and I, you know, spend my money because I was like, I could easily go to a Starbucks or wherever, but I, I found, uh, I have two favorite local coffee or, or donut shops that I go to. One of them I prefer over the other, but if I'm in the vicinity of the other one, I'll go to the other one. But this is the one, and of course, it's like right next to the gym that I go to, and I'm like, oh man, this is, you know, like, this is counterproductive, but, you know. It's, well, no, no, it's the yin and yang, you know, it's, yeah. you, you have, you know, punishment, reward, it's, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not, I'm like one of those people that like, you know, uh, the, the anti, like, everyone's like, I love going to the gym because I feel great afterwards. And I'm like, I like going to the gym and then leaving and saying, it's done. <laughs> I'm finally yeah. over it. Now, now I gotta wait till tomorrow to hit it. But I, no, no, no. but I do enjoy sleep and the gym makes me fall asleep. So <laughs> I'm like, this oh, is good. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's only like, like, you know, it's not getting in shape or anything like that. It's like, man, am I going to sleep really good tonight? You know, that's the only thing, like, positive thing that I've found from going to the gym. And that's, and that's, that's the not good thing about the alcohol consumption is that it actually, you know, everything, you, you sleep a lot, a lot worse on, on alcohol and you can, you know, I, I don't really suffer from hangovers anymore because it's sort of like under control, but I do, when you told me the time of the interview, I was like, okay, let's do the Irish coffee because that's usually what I do if I'm working late and if I'm putting, like we did this amazing European project um, called, um, well, unimaginative, it, it, you know, it didn't, the apple didn't fall far from the tree because we called it European ghosts and European ghosts is sort of like, it was a, a, an artist residency at Clouds Hill that we did in September, it was based on the same sort of concept as Lusitanian Ghosts, and we picked up on traditions from the Sami people in the north of Europe with the Yoik singing, and the Lemko people from the intersect, you know, people without a country in the intersection between Poland, Slovakia, and Ukraine, and the Lemko have a, a great vocal singing tradition like a, a women's polyphonic um, tradition. And so we picked up on, you know, Rimur from Iceland, and we, we sort of crossed all of these things in this artistic residency. And usually 
if I'm up late writing one of these projects, that's when the Irish coffee comes into play. Because like, there's no way, you know, I just turned 50, right? So I, I can't stay up all night like I used to when I was 20. But if I have a couple Irish coffees, I can write up until like three or four in the morning. And it's usually pretty okay stuff. Like not, I'm not talking about songwriting. I'm talking about like project writing, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. Um, so, so it's just a bit of a different track, but, but it's, um, these days I, I, you know, I have my, my head firmly split between those two worlds, like the music business world and, and the sort of creative Lusitanian ghost world. And I'm, I also want to do another, uh, Neil Layton record at some point. Um, a more solo record with, you know, a sort of more diverse approach, but, but that, that's going to come later. Yeah. I, I can't wait for that too, as you are a solo artist, uh, as well. Um, you know, when you were talking about, um, the European ghost and, and, you know, the Lewiston ghost, it made me think of this, uh, band called, and maybe you've heard of them, maybe you've not, but, uh, they're called Rhythms del Mundo. And what these guys are is they're um, a bunch of guys from a previous band called the Buena Vista Social Club. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. And so so the Buena Vista Social Club then created Rhythms del Mundo, and all their albums are a, a, a love letter to certain genres. So it's like them putting their, their beats and and getting together with other artists to create um you know to cover a song but give it a a, a f- that that like flavor that like yeah. salsa flavor and they've done that with Africa they've they've got with other popular artists they put african beats to their music and they've created this entire uh, kind of ecosystem of them putting out a bunch of different types of, of uh, That's cool. stuff, you know? So I kind of got that, like, with you. Like, maybe you're, you know, on that track, uh, you know, with, with yeah, that. Yeah, in a way, I guess. I, I saw, I think, what was the fellow's name? Guitar player Eliades Ochoa, maybe, or Ochoa. I, I, I saw him at the Danforth... Uh, Danforth Music Hall in Toronto back in the day. And what struck me, and he was one of the original Buena Vista Social Club guys. And what struck me was like, um, you know, he was playing and he broke a string. And instead of a roadie coming out to change his string, he told a story while he was changing his own string and tuning. And then he went into the next song. And I was like, oh, okay. Wow. Like, you know, you got to eat a lot of soup before uh, you, before you get to that sort of like operational capacity on stage. But he was amazing. So so that's something that they're doing, like the surviving guys are doing after. Yeah, I gotta I gotta look into that. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna absolutely flip. You're gonna absolutely flip on. I think they put out three or four albums, and um, I have them all. And it's. Is right Rykuder involved as well with the? You know what? Uh, it's been a while since I've read the liner notes. Um, I just know it's a bunch of the uh, the guys from there, the, sur- right. the surviving members, because the one of the social club, the people have been, you know, kind yeah, of, of course, you know, yeah. uh, going on to the big gig in the sky type thing. So, um, yeah, yeah, but it's pretty pretty epic. Uh, much, of course, like uh, your album, which drops later on in the month. Uh, highly uh, suggest that you guys log on to uh, the websites, which I'm going to have uh, links to your Facebook. Your Instagram, your links to your Spotify so they could catch up on your first album. And of course, awesome. uh, yeah, please go check them out. Uh, I would truly, truly appreciate that. And, uh, we truly appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on, being so candid, uh, about everything you're doing. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Turtle. It's, it's great to just, it's great to chat. It's, it's always, you know, it, it makes me feel a little bit less remote and less less of a recluse at least when we we can connect on on video and sort of just see each other while we chat and you know have a glass of wine so it's great thank you so much thank yeah you really really appreciate it oh uh, man uh, 
all the loves on this side of the table. And, and you, know, sure, yeah. like, you know, next time, next time I'm over in the states for South by Southwest and stuff, I'll, I'll let you know I'm coming, and may, maybe we can have a have a drink and have a margarita in Austin or something. That'd be that'd be epic. I'm not that far from Austin, so and I've been right. I've been want I've been wanting to do South by Southwest, but there's this little thing going on over here. It's kind of crazy, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we can't really yeah, travel. So I'm like, oh. I know, I know, I know. But you know, there's there's just another story I want to tell you. If if we if of you course, have another couple of minutes, because like there was, I forget what year it might it might have been like 2016 or 2017. But I was at South by Southwest, and I was going to check out um, a friend of mine from Montreal, Richie Deer. He's got a band called Elephant Stone. And they were playing at Hotel Vegas at South by. And I went early because I wanted to catch up with Rishi. And he's like, Oh my God, Neil, I haven't seen you in years. Where have you been? I'm like, you know, I've been in Portugal. <laughs> and, and then there was a band that was playing that were going on stage before Elephant Stone. And they were called, um, Chicha or, or, uh, like XIXA. And, I knew about them because I know their European manager, Christoph Storbeck, and he, he'd been really pumping them up and he's like, you got to see them. And I was there by accident to see Elephant Stone. And Christoph comes up, oh, you know, I'm so happy you're here. I'm like, okay, full disclosure, I'm here because I came for Elephant Stone. They're great. Shisha are on the bill. I'm going to catch these guys. And they blew me away. I don't know if you've heard them, but they're sort of a cross between like, Cumbia and the MC5. That's cool. And I was like, wait a minute. So, and, and they are a direct, you know, they have a, 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 a singular responsibility in Lusitanian Ghosts because that's when I realized, wait a minute, you can sort of like go back to your roots and pick up like traditions and rhythms and stuff and still play rock and roll. And, you know, and they, you know, they hit the stage. You know, look, looking like a bunch of badass outlaws from Mexico or whatever. And, and, and they, they, they came out in this like haze of feedback, like the MC5 used to. And then they go into this like perfectly orchestrated cumbia step, you know, and they're all moving in a syncopated sort of. It, and it was, it blew my mind. I was like, these guys are awesome. I told Christoph, I said, we have to have them come and play in Portugal. So the next year I booked them at, um, Westway Lab Festival here in Portugal. And, and I mean, it, it was just amazing. It's, a, it's, it's, it's one of, one of the bands that I would really recommend. Um, I, I think they're not from Austin. I think they're from Houston, Texas, maybe. Or no, no, they're from Tucson, of course, Arizona. They're from Tucson because a couple of the guys also play with, um, um, oh Lord, my mind's, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> anyway, they, they yeah. play with a pretty big Tucson band. And yeah, sorry, I'm rambling again. It's so. fine. No, no. Yeah. I'm absolutely enjoying the stories. Absolutely, um, <laughs> enjoying it, man. You know, uh, sometimes we just love to just tell stories and, you know, catch up on, on past memories. It's you know? the post, it's the post pandemic stress disorder because it's like, <laughs> we're just so happy to, to connect and to talk, you know, it's so good, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. But one of the, one of the things, you know, and, and we'll leave, kind of leave lastly on this though, is that, you know, I, I think that a lot of us, you know, have these rules, you know, like for music and, and, and you know, I don't know why we do that to ourselves. You know, you are clearly showing that there are no rules. You could do whatever you want with music, you know, and you don't need guitars. You don't need certain things, you know, and, you know, when we put those restrictions on ourselves, yeah, I get it. We're going to get some creative stuff, but at the same time, we're going to kind of miss out on kind of other things that we could be doing instead of doing the same old two-step or whatever, you know? No, I think I think you're right, but I think it takes, you know, I, I kind of understand. I, I think back to, like, when I was in high school and my first bands and stuff and, and when you're sort of just getting into music, you sort of, I think it's natural to a certain extent to want to emulate 
your idols or, or even your peers and you sort of like step into these rules and you step into these sort of like, um, sort of a chain of aesthetics that is deemed acceptable to your, to your crew or, you know, like there was a really big, um, there was a really big sort of mod revivalist scene in Toronto when I was playing and there was also a goth scene and there was the punks and, you know, different sort of tribes. And I always felt really comfortable moving between them. Sort of like, you know, I could put on a mod suit and, and, you know, dance to the small faces all night. Um, but that wasn't the end all and be all of, of my existence. And, and, and I think that, but it, it maybe takes a little bit of, uh, uh, I don't know what the word is. You think courage? courage? Yeah, like breadth requirements or whatever to sort of just go beyond your, beyond your core. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just, now I'm thinking I probably do need the Irish coffee because I'm feeling, <laughs> you know, a no bit worries. tired. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> it was just a, the wine, the wine is, the wine is affecting my, my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No worries. Uh, Neil, thank you again so much for coming on the show. Truly, truly appreciate it. And thank you for letting me preview some of the songs, um, that will be out, uh, later in November off the album Exotic, uh, Kishore. Thank you so much. Thank you, Turtle. And, uh, I'll, I'll send you a thank you email a little bit later with some wine recommendations. <laughs> deal, deal. Uh, and again, uh, for more information on the band, Go ahead, log on to entertheshell.com. I'm going to have links to everything. But uh, for now, you can always log on to lithuaniangosts.com for more information. No, uh, it's uh, Lusitanian, not Lithuanian, because otherwise <laughs> you'll go to the other end of Europe. So Maybe you should, maybe you should uh, get both. Uh, yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, no. We've, we've, I've, I talked about that with uh, Daryl Bamonte, who used to be the, the manager for Robert Smith. No way. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Daryl's got a band called Permafrost from Norway. And he was like, he said, he said to me, he's like, you know, a lot of people are going to mix up Lusitanian with Lithuanian. And I'm like, oh, really? And he goes, yeah, but you know, you could have like your own cover band in Lithuania. <laughs> it could be like the Lithuanian ghosts and they could play like polkas. And it, I, I don't know. It was, he, he just went on and he, he sort of, you know, yeah. he wove that thread. Um, well, well, Daryl Bamonte, Permafrost, that's another recommendation for sure. Yeah. Well, it, here's the thing. Lu- the Lithuanian ghosts cover yeah. Lusitanian ghosts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just they're, like, well, it's like a cover band. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. You know, it's, it's all a publishing plot for the for the Baltic states <laughs> to be won over unsuspectingly. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, you win because you're in all the bands, so... <laughs> It just Dude, works listen, out. I, you know, I, the way I look at it these days, I win just by making music, man. You know? Congratulations. Congratulations, man. Doing it is a huge gift. And, and thank you, thank you for, 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 uh, helping to, to share it. Of course. Of course. The, I mean, it's the most humbling thing I can do is, you know, to have, be an outlet for people and for people to actually, you know, agree or even just listen to me and say, you know what? This guy knows what he's, talking about you know sometimes i get like i i don't but every now and then i get an email saying man i never even heard of this band and thank you for helping me and so um that's what i do it for you know because you know my, my biggest thing that people always tell me and the biggest gripe is they say there's no good music out there and i'm just like mm. you're just not looking hard enough or you're just you know stuck in the same old um, you know, using the same old spots or, you know, you're just listening to radio or, you know, you're not, you're not seeking out the different outlets, you know, and, uh, that, that, I get to be one of those different outlets. That's true. And that's super important because it is, it is sort of like, I've always sort of had a tendency to just listen to music that I already know. That's always been, even when I was young, that was a problem. And I recognize it as a problem, but you usually had, um, a wider network of friends that would sort of, you know, clue you into stuff. And, um, unless it's sort of an occasion like being at South by Southwest and discovering Chicha or, or 
Alexander, Alexander Savior, which I also saw play at, at South by and I really liked. Um, unless it's at those showcase festival events, you know, I'm, I accept my share of mea culpa in saying that I don't proactively listen to shows for, you know, curators such as yourself and you're sharing the word, you know, sharing the word on stuff. But it, it's, I think it, some, something should be done in terms of like, I don't know, the algorithms of the platforms or something to sort of like stir up some, some newness to, to what, kids are listening to and stuff. I think now I'm sounding like an old man, but, but <laughs> you think, are, think, get think, out of here. <laughs> I think, yeah, I am. Yeah. But I think your work is, your, this is to say your work is like super important, not because of me, right. but because of, you know, everything else that, that you are letting folks find out about, you know? Yeah. Thank you. That's very, very humbling. Very humbling. Thank you so much for that. And uh, again, uh, for more information, LusitanianGhosts.com, the album, exotic, Kishotic, uh out, Later on, but make sure to just log on, uh, for those, um, for those dates, uh, on the website. And again, if you can't remember any of that, enter the shell.com show notes. I'll have everything, uh, just to remember. Now, the last song that we're going to leave on is going to be the title track from the title album, which is, uh, exotic Kishotic. And this was, this was sung by another member, right? Mike Ghost, right? That's right. That's right. It's Mickey Ghost. Mickey Ghost is, uh, you know, I met Mickey when um, my friend Larsa Gustafsson put put together a band to sort of back me, uh, Neil Layton, back in my European touring days as a solo artist. And Mickey Ghost was was the lead guitar player in that band. And so we sort of like, because he was already sort of nicknamed Mickey Ghost, I started calling that band from Sweden, my backing band from Sweden, I started calling them the Ghosts. And when Mickey and I put together, um, basically when we put together Lusitanian Ghosts, you know, we sort of came by that, that name honestly, because Lusitanian means Portuguese. It, the Lusitanians were a Celtic tribe that were in Portugal before the Romans. And so... Lusitanian points to the geography of the instruments that we use and ghosts. That's also a tip of the hat for Mickey ghost. And it's like, um, and he sings exotic exotic because actually between you and I, he's a much better singer than me. Uh, he's, he's got a real David Bowie vibe, which of course I love. That's, that's a photo yeah. of David there. Yeah, from, I, I that, noticed that. That's print number one. From Get my out of here. That, that, uh, the photographer is Barry Wenzel, who used to be the head photographer at Melody Maker, but now lives in Toronto. And last time I was over to see Barry, um, he said, Oh, I just did a new print of Bowie. You got to see this one. And he, he, he basically gifted this beautiful, um, Ziggy Stardust era Bowie photo. Anyway, so Mickey, Mickey Ghost, I think, has a sort of Bowie-esque voice and my favorite moments when we're like playing live it's like when he sings exotic isharic i get to just sit and listen and there's another moment on the record where we go from a a song called older and colder but then we made it a medley because you know i think we need more medleys on records Maybe, but, <laughs> but, but so we, we it, I, I, I asked, I begged Mickey to segue into an old song of his called Hometown. And so we go from this like really sort of dirgy, slow, older and colder, you know, Neil Layton sort of dark moment of, um, you know, me going like, ah, oh, you know, I just can't feel life the way I used to when I was young and all that crap. And then we go from that into Mickey singing like, oh, it should be beautiful. And it's like, that's my favorite moment on the record. And it's also my favorite moment on the live show because like, again, I just get to hear him sing and that's, it blows my mind every time. Exactly. And let's not forget, you do have a live show coming up, which anybody can watch on YouTube. Again, for more information, log on to lewisitaniangosts.com. 
uh, for more yeah, information. That's, and, that's coming up November 2nd from a, a nice uh, theater venue in Setubal. And it's still going to be pretty sparsely attended because of the COVID restrictions and stuff. But it's, it's, um, but we're going to, you know, multicam and, and film it properly so that we can demonstrate that there are in fact turtle no six string guitars. <laughs> you know, I'll be watching. Between, I'll have my yeah, magnifying it, glass. Yeah. It's like, oh, where is, where is the, uh, like I'm a yeah. detective. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I tell you, man, it's, it was as much a surprise to us as to anyone that it could be done without six string guitars. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a different experience, I guess. Yeah. And, and it, it turns out to make a great album as well. So, um, make sure to go check it out. Uh, exotic, Quixotic, great album coming out later on. I'll have a link to the Spotify so you can preview uh, some more music as we got to preview some music from that album. Uh, Neil, I could talk to you for another two hours, but, uh, Sorry, but I'm keeping you up. I'm keeping you I think, up. I think, I think I really need the Irish coffee for that. No, but it's all good. I, it's, it's, it's been really a great chat. And, uh, again, I want to thank you and, you know, uh, reach out anytime and, uh, yeah, let's keep in touch. And I hope, uh, I hope you can catch the show. Soon. I definitely will. Uh, and, uh, we leave you now with exotic and that's the beauty waiting Standing tall on snow Broken civilization Imaginary woes And when you look around now Where a wind is on the ground